You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Happy Friday. The weekend is here, baby. And man, has Aaron Rodgers uh, made my day easy today. Aaron Rodgers has lit a fire. I don't have to light one. And so, listen, Aaron Rodgers threw a bit of a curveball in the middle of the day. He went on the Pat McAfee show and talked about his vaccine status and not playing this week. And he said a bunch of interesting stuff that me and the Asian, the Korean Cosell, we're gonna dive into here in a second. Uh, but I just wanna warn you, today's show may look a little or sound a little disjointed because before Aaron Rodgers lit this fire, you know, we started the show off talking about Odell Beckham Jr. And we started, we said we were going to have Delano on. And uh, the show is going to be a little bit different because Aaron Rodgers started a blaze so massive that we had to restart the show. And so what happens after uh, this will be a little bit disjointed from, uh, it won't flow as smoothly. Uh, as previous shows, but just deal with it. It's all good. The conversation we had about Odell Beckham Jr., TJ Hoosman's out and I, it's incredible. You're going to love it. Rashad McCants, he's going to come and talk about Scottie Pippen and his book and his attack on Michael Jordan. And uh, hopefully, if we don't run out of time, Uncle Jimmy's going to come in and set the record straight on everything we just talked about and give an approval rating on Odell Beckham Jr. But I got to unpack a little bit of what Aaron Rodgers did today and then talk about it with Steve Kim. And I just, I can't, I don't know how long it's going to take. Aaron Rodgers said some incredible things and I was just, I was watching it, writing down notes. Uh... One of, <laughs> he called the NFL's protocol rules draconian, uh, said the league's more interested in shaming its players, something I totally agree with. Uh, the league just wants to look better to the rest of the world. One of the great things I thought he said uh, to Pat McAfee, and like Aaron Rodgers had like a 15, 20-minute opening statement on McAfee's show, and he went straight to the point I've been going to with these young people. Aaron Rodgers said the next great chapter in his life is being a father. And he doesn't know how these vaccines are going to affect reproductive issues. And he's a little concerned about it. I totally 100 percent support that sentiment. That's why I've said over and over and over again, 
50-year-old fat people, go get the vaccine. Those of you that got kids already and you're already past that hurdle, go get the vaccine. But asking these young people in the prime of their lives who still want to have kids to go out and take this experimental vaccine, no dice. No dice. I don't blame Aaron Rodgers. I salute Aaron Rodgers. He walked us through an explanation of how, look, I didn't lie to anybody. The league knew about the process I went through. He said that he's, he has allergy issues as it relates to the two of the vaccines. The only one open to him was the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And the Johnson & Johnson vaccine at the time, particularly early during the summer, there were all kinds of issues and adverse effects and he was a little uncomfortable. He went through this long protocols and system of trying to immunize and, and trying to make sure he was healthy. said his teammates, everybody knew about it. Aaron Rodgers went ham, and I don't care who doesn't like Aaron Rodgers, I love him. I'm glad we finally have someone who matters, who has, I don't care that he's been forced to, but I'm glad we now have someone standing up that can articulate and argue this thing and be the voice for the other side. Aaron Rodgers said a couple things I, I, I didn't like but they're almost irrelevant. I don't know. He took a little pot shot at Kyrie Irving early in his statement. <laughs> you know, I'm not anti-vax. I'm not a flat earther. He said, I don't, why you got to take a shot at Kyrie? Kyrie and you are on the same team. Maybe he didn't even know he was taking a pot shot, and, and I really don't believe he did. But it just comes across like he was distancing himself from Kyrie Irving. He and Kyrie are on the same team. I'm on their team. Even though I'm 50 and fat, and those guys are young and in the prime of health, I'm on their team because they have a right to do what's best for them. Uh, Aaron, let, let, before we go to Steve Kim, let's play a couple of the sound bites uh, from Aaron Rodgers earlier today with Pat McAfee. Roll, roll the tape. First of all, I didn't lie in the initial press conference. Uh, during that time, it was a very, uh, you know, witch hunt uh, that was going on across the league where everybody in the media was so concerned about who was vaccinated and who wasn't and what that meant and who was being selfish and who would talk about it and what it meant if they said it's a personal decision. They should, shouldn't have to disclose their own uh, medical information and whatnot. And at the time, my plan was to say that I've been immunized. Uh, had there been a follow-up to my statement that I've been immunized, I would have responded uh, with this. I would have said, look, um, I'm not, uh, you know, some sort of anti-vax flat earther. Um, I am somebody who's a critical thinker. Uh, you guys know me, I marched to the beat of my own drum. I believe strongly in bodily autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body, not to have to acquiesce to some woke culture or crazed you know, group of individuals who say you have to do something. Health is not a one size fits all for everybody. So on the CDC's own website, it says, should you have an allergy to any of the ingredients, you should not get one of the mRNA vaccines. So those two are out already. So my only option was Johnson & Johnson. 
at this time, in the early spring, I had heard of multiple people who had had adverse events around getting the J&J. Nothing that was no deaths or anything, but just some really difficult uh, times and physical uh, uh, abnormalities around uh, the J&J shot. And then in mid-April, the J&J shot got pulled for clotting issues, if you remember that, right? So the J&J shot was not even an option at that point. So then my options became, okay, what can I do to protect myself and my teammates? You know, my desire to immunize myself was what was best for my body. And that's why this is so important to me. Um, my medical team advised me that the danger of me to get of an adverse event was greater than the risk of getting COVID and recovering. So I made a decision that was an investment of my body. I don't, you know, I mean, some of the rules to me are not based in science at all. They're based purely in trying to out and shame people, like needing to wear a mask uh, at a podium when every person in the room is vaccinated and wearing a mask makes no sense to me. If you got vaccinated to, you know, to protect yourself from a virus that I don't have as an unvaccinated individual, then why are you worried about anything that I can give you? Tom Brady, you're on the clock. Tom Brady needs to show a pair of balls and come out and make some statements supporting Aaron Rodgers. These other NFL players need to show a pair of balls and come out and support Aaron Rodgers. NBA players need to show some balls and come out and support Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving. Everybody knows these guys are right. And again, that doesn't mean all of their thoughts are right, all of their positions are right, but they're right about one thing. They have a right to make a choice about what goes into their body. The NFL shouldn't be trying to shame them into it. The rest of us in America shouldn't be trying to shame them into it. They're young people. They're in great health. COVID's not going to kill them. They have a right to do what's best for them. And Tom Brady and these other NFL players need to stand up and stand behind Aaron Rodgers. Put your little petty differences aside. Put your little, quit worrying about social media and do what's right. Show a pair, stand up and be a man. Care about you winning Super Bowls? Be a man. Tom Brady knows damn well he doesn't believe in these vaccines and doesn't think it should be forced on these young people. We want to God up. Oh my God, he won seven Super Bowls or he won three NBA championships. Oh my God, what courage. What? Oh, they're unbelievable. He stood over a putt and knocked it in. Oh, that's courageous. These guys got tiny balls or no balls. If you want to show some, stand up for Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving. Don't leave America a hot mess for your kids, devoid of the kind of freedoms that all the other generations had. 
I realize Aaron Rodgers was forced into this. He didn't have any intention of being this guy. But he's here and he showed up like a man today and answered his critics and explained himself. He's not anti-vax. He just doesn't think it's for him. He thinks it's for fat 50-year-old people like me. And he's right. It's an incredible day. I, I hope people are waking up. We need to all be rallying around Aaron Rodgers, not playing some kind of racial game. Oh, he's white, so I'm not going to support him. Or Oh, only MAGA people get the vaccine. Put all this political BS to the side. Grow a pair. Be a man. Quit wearing, oh my God, Twitter may attack me. Oh, my girlfriend or my baby mama or my wife, she'll get upset because she's in that Democratic cult and she listens to MSNBC and Joy Reid and Rachel Maddow and, and Chris Hayes and all the they told her that only bad people don't get the vaccine. Tell your woman to sit her ass down and you're going to be a man about this. Oh, I couldn't be more happy with Aaron Rodgers. Lord have mercy. I've been waiting on somebody. Kyrie Irving, same to you. But Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is sitting there. That was a wonderful explanation. And Kyrie, you laid the groundwork for it. I know the man took a little pot shot. Called, I'm not a flat earther. Blah. That's unintentional. He, he didn't mean that. You laid the groundwork for Aaron Rodgers to stand up. Now these other guys need to follow in behind. Uh, Korean Cosell, are, are you with me? Uh, let's go out to Steve Kim. We got plenty of time, because I got a bunch more of this stuff I want to unpack, but I'm so happy with Aaron Rodgers. Lord have mercy. Did you, you got to see the entire interview, correct? Yeah, most of it. You know, the one objection that I have, I still thought he was playing a game of semantics about his original game of semantics. The rest of the message I loved. And it's interesting. I put up on Twitter, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is actually laying out a great explanation or a great case here. And the anger at which people are, no, he didn't. No, he's not. Uh, look, you, you don't have to agree with me or him. We don't have to agree on everything. But when he said it's basically my body, my choice, my long-term health, my ability to be a father, and also what he termed as the collusion and the coercion, I thought was a really, really great case. I'm really happy that Rogers cleared up one thing, that the organization and his teammates knew, and that he was not putting them at risk. He was doing everything that was asked of him under this protocol. Life was difficult, but, and this is always a catchphrase, well, you have to live the consequences of not getting vaccinated. Guess what? He was. And I love the fact he said, not wearing a mask at press conferences to me was ridiculous. That if you're vaccinated and you're wearing a mask and I'm getting tested each day negative, why do I need to wear a mask? That's just for optics and I'm not going to play that game. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers, for the most part, I don't know if he had a grand slam, but it's at least, in my view, a three-run home run. What do you think of my take that Tom Brady <laughs> needs to grow a pair and come out and support Aaron Rodgers because you, 
Steve, you will never convince me that Tom Brady believes in this vaccine mess. The guy's drinking wheatgrass and, and testing everything he puts into his body, but he's out here taking this vaccine willingly. Tom Brady, to me, I don't care about Super Bowls. I, I really don't. And we, we got up these guys and, oh, he's the GOAT and he's the greatest because he came back from a 28-3 to deficit. That's all football stuff. Well, and I know, again, I know Aaron Rodgers was forced into this. But the way he just handled that took some courage. And I wish that Tom Brady would grow a pair and show the same kind of courage. I want to go back to what I told you a couple of weeks ago when we talked about this issue as it related to Brady's willingness or unwillingness to speak up. Go back three, four, five years ago when he had, uh, I guess, the hat, the MAGA hat, or he was deemed as a Trump supporter. I don't think he liked any of that heat. I I don't think he wants to get involved. And your view is, look, put your balls on the table and be a man. I don't think he wants that. Tom Brady's about football, which is certainly his right. But I go back to what you said, that you believe there's a lot of players that are saying that they're vaccinated, but they're not. After the whole Aaron Rodgers situation, what we found out the last five, six days, I'm inclined to believe you now, that there's probably players skirting this issue. Here's a point that I thought Rodgers made that was very cogent. And I know some people are going to accuse him of being phony and self-serving. But he said that, look, the players that are at 50 or 45 to 90, the guys that are on the bubble in training camp, they probably felt the need that, oh, geez, no matter what I think, I better take this jab. While a guy like Rodgers said, well, if I have the leverage of being a franchise quarterback and I still have to be forced into it, um, this is a problem. I actually think it's more than just Tom Brady that needs to speak up. If the players feel this way, I truly believe that from, let's say, April or May, they needed to go to their NFL Players Association head in mass as a group and say, DeMorris, we don't want this to happen. We're not aligned with this. We still have our concerns. We don't want to be mandated to take the vax because there's strength in numbers. So again, I would actually say, Jay, it's not just on Tom Brady incumbent upon him to speak out. Uh, again, there's strength in numbers. There needs to be a group of players. But I wonder if it's already too late because – Look, we're eight, nine weeks into the season now, Jason. Oh, it's, it ain't never too late to do the right thing. And I think you make an excellent point in terms of D. Marie Smith and the NFL Players Association should be out here voicing passionate support for Aaron Rodgers. I guarantee you this, these stupid protocols that the NFL has set up would go, would go away instantly. If these NFL players threatened to walk out in support of Aaron Rodgers, we had a, all over George Floyd, yeah. NFL players were threatening to walk out. They're taking knees. They're doing everything. And they're, they're, they're speaking truth to power all over George Floyd, a guy that none of them would want around their mother, sister, baby, son, anybody. That's the damn truth. And you get all hyped up over a video that's all over social media. But they do all that for George Floyd and won't do any something they know they disagree with. These players know that these protocols and the way the unvaccinated have been treated is wrong. They're looking at it every day. 
They didn't want to take the vax. They don't want to have to take all these booster shots and all this other garbage. They know it's a charade. The NFL has known he, he, the league, the entire league was fully aware of Aaron Rodgers' vaccination status. These players know that they're looking the other way on certain players because they need Aaron Rodgers out there for them television ratings. Well, and let's so, go back. Uh, on that particular issue, you're right. If the players actually did that and staged walkouts, the same journalists that parroted that phrase, you know, I love this one, more than an athlete, well, w- would they use that phrase now? Or would they look at them with the wagged finger? It's interesting seeing some of the NFL media members, I see this on Twitter, basically telling Aaron Rodgers the facts about the whole COVID situation and the vax, and they're saying, well, he's not a doctor. And I'm thinking to myself, you're not an MD either. Because for all the anecdotal evidence that's saying there's no risk with the vaccine, uh, Aaron Rodgers actually said he consulted with medical professionals. Here's here's the other issue I really believe is interesting to me with the way the media has framed football from the beginning. Let's go back to late August, early September, when crowds were let back into football stadiums across the country from the high school level, certainly the college level, and the National Football League. Certain media members said, oh, my God, super spreader events. Looking back now, two and a half months later, I don't think it's been a super spreader event, any of these events. There hasn't been any really large outbreaks or situations like that where people that go to a big game at the horseshoe or the big house, uh, there's no, there's been no stories of it, no real evidence that these events have been dangerous to the public who are standing side by side without a mask. And I would be willing to bet many of these people, I don't know the exact percentage, probably are not vaccinated. And But that story has now kind of gone by the wayside because there's no value in it. Um, as it relates to those who are so outraged, especially the Packer fans, I've seen a few that say, how could Rodgers do this? What do you mean? You're telling me as a Packer fan you didn't like Aaron Rodgers playing, doing everything he did? I mean, I actually was a little bit surprised um, when he, and he detailed what he had to go through day to day being a professional athlete right now he was making sacrifices but he did not want to participate in the optics as much as i disagree with him about playing again this game of semantics from the beginning i I do respect the fact he was willing to go through the process and this is where he really got people upset jay i know you're going to bring this up when he brought up the name of joe rogan and said well now my good friend joe rogan I said, oh, see, he's saying that he's not poking the left. Trust me. He knows what he's doing. He can claim that he's not trying to be um, on either side of the debate here. When you bring up Joe Rogan and you bring up the, the name or the term woke, you're poking the bear. Let's be honest about it. And quite frankly, I love it. I'm going to stay the course as, as I, I want to continue to put pressure on Tom Brady. I'll get to Joe Rogan here in a second. Steve, because I'm just, I'm just thinking this through in real time. If Tom Brady and NFL quarterbacks and or players, if Tom Brady got on the phone with other NFL quarterbacks and arranged or with NFL players or DeMarie Smith got on, you know what? <clears throat> We're going to have a Wednesday walkout. Quarterbacks are all players. We're not practicing on Wednesday until you end these stupid protocols. You don't even have to threaten a Sunday. You don't have to threaten games 
just, hey, you know what? We're not going to practice on Wednesday because we think these protocols and the way you're treating, that you're dividing our players, we think it's wrong. We think uh, all this pressure and trying to shame us into taking a jab is wrong. If they just threaten to miss Wednesday practices, the league would fold in, in terms of they back mm-hmm. off of, 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 these, of all this pressure they're putting on them. Jason, in my view, that would be a powerful message if you can get the solidarity across the board with all, what, 1,400 players on these NFL rosters, 32 franchises. And I think you have to get every single player to actually walk out. Okay, and that's been a problem with the NFL. Uh, If you look at some of these work stoppages, guys have come in, cross picket lines. They they haven't always been the most unified union uh, throughout the years. But I do agree that symbolically, that would be a powerful sign. But here's, here's here's the question I have for you, though, Jason. Let's say they do that on a Wednesday. They all walk out in mass and they miss an important day of practice. And the owners say, okay, we've heard your concerns, but we still have to play the game. Or you're going to all be dot checks, which is big. This is what they do for a living. They don't get paid the rest of the year, okay? So let's say they go through with that game that week, but then nothing changes. Then at that point, Jason, is it incumbent upon the players just to flat out say, okay, we're not playing? I mean, where does it go after a practice walkout? You keep, you know what? You just say, we got Wednesdays off, bro. That's just one more <laughs> less day of wear and tear on my body. We got Wednesdays off. It's Wednesdays are walk-off days. And players don't care about practice. I mean, we, they've made that crystal clear. I've looked at during the summer of George Floyd and over the last five years of all this woke BS over police shootings, how many college teams have canceled practices because the players had to go participate in some on-campus uh, uh, protest or whatever, and, the, and you had coaches out there arm-in-arm arm with them at the protest, skipping spring practice or skipping you know summer workouts and all. NFL players love an excuse not to practice. They think practice is overrated. It ain't that much of a sacrifice for them to say, you know what? We're taking Wednesdays off for the rest of the year. Put some, and you know what? The damn coaches would, most of them would probably support it because they don't believe in this vaccine BS either. You're right. Somebody has to rally and put some pressure on the league. You can't let Roger Goodell and Troy Vincent and these people that keep sticking their finger in the air and seeing which way Joe Biden's blowing the wind. You can't let them continue to run your league. And that's what's been going on. The whole damn league has turned woke and anything that they think the left or the power uh, uh, promotes, they hop on board with. Somebody, these players, they have an opportunity here. Aaron Rodgers is a great spokesman for him. He ain't, he's no, he ain't scared, uh, not at this point. He's been forced out to fight this fight, and these guys need to join him and support him. It's a great opportunity to push back. Uh, it is, but look, a lot of these guys, <laughs> look, as courageous as they are to play the game of football, they're not very courageous in a lot of other ways. And I would guarantee there's a lot of players that were uneasy with the George Floyd BLM protest that they did, whether they were black or white, but they had to go on with the mob. Now, these guys, 
there's a very short window for their careers. There's an economic reality. The only garner paychecks, I believe, during the four months of the season. I think they're afraid of losing money, which, quite frankly, I get it. Not everyone is at the Aaron Rodgers level where you've amassed hundreds of millions of dollars and you're going to have options outside the game of football. We have to be honest about this, Jay, as courageous and as ballsy a stand as Aaron Rodgers is taking, and I give him a lot of credit for it, he's a franchise quarterback. He's, he's part of that elite class that actually is, for lack of a better word, immunized from the mob mentality. He could speak out. I mean, think about it. How many other players can go on a, a popular show like Pat McAfee and just call him up and say, Pat, I need about 30 minutes uh, to get my word out. Doesn't have to call a press conference. Doesn't have to deal with NFL beat reporters. Doesn't have to deal with any of that. He could literally just say, you know what? I need a megaphone. Hey, Mac, get me on the show. I got something to say. And literally say what he wants to say. Nobody else really has that freedom. And I think that's the problem, though, Jay. Oh, you're so wrong. What, so, what do you mean, Jay? You really believe it, that a third-string long snapper is going to have the guts and has the leverage of a franchise quarterback? They're we have not. To be honest. How, uh, first of all, there are no third-string long snappers. Okay, for what? One. All right, the practice for squad. Two, for snapper. two. For two. For two. There's ten guys on each team who could call up any show they want. And be like, hey, you know what? I want to make a statement about this vaccine stuff. Give me the time. Who wouldn't want it? First, and then secondly, just I don't think you're aware of this, but Aaron Rodgers comes on Pat McAfee's show every Tuesday. That, that's right. been going on I know he does. for a while. Right, but would McAfee, and, and so, how many other players would McAfee have on every week and give him his own show within the show, though? That's my point. That, honestly. Again, but to, go, but, but to go out... And make us look with Pat McAfee like I, I, I'm not this isn't even a great quarterback, but would Pat McAfee uh, cut out 20 minutes once a week for Kirk Cousins to come on the show and talk football? Yes, he would. He'll take all the starting NFL quarterbacks mm-hmm. damn near that he could. Uh, why wouldn't he? I mean, he, he? Yes, he would. And the. And so there's a bunch. You think Jalen Ramsey is sitting around going, oh, they're going to cut me from the NFL. I have no leverage. Th- th- you think Aaron Donald is scared? You, you, you think uh, uh, Matt Stafford is scared? Do you, I mean, just go around the league. Uh, uh, the, there's, there's 10 guys on each team that have incredible leverage. The teams can't do anything with them. They're locked into contracts. With, and you know damn well who... Is Tom Brady afraid? He ain't afraid of Bill Belichick. You think he's scared of anything? Tom Brady can say, do whatever the hell he wants. Lamar Jackson, unvaccinated. Right. He can say, do whatever he wants. Patrick Mahomes. These guys all stick their finger there. Oh, what's Twitter saying? Oh, that's right. I'm Black Lives Matter because Twitter says I'm Black Lives Matter. That, that's what they do. They're a bunch of cowards. And I'm saying, That's, be a real well, man, take a chance, take a risk, stand up <laughs> well, for something you truly believe in. Rather, and again, I well, like Patrick Mahomes. He's the quarterback of my, of my football team. But when this dude starts running around acting like he's Black Lives Matter, get out of here. Stop it. Well, Jay, I think we agree. Like, I, like you said, these guys aren't very courageous. They are going to go with the mob mentality because it's easy for them. Most of these guys, to their credit, I want to give them a break. They're not here to be activists. They're not here to rock the boat. Aaron Rodgers is a different, quirky, temperamental guy. I'm not asking him him to be activists. I'm not. Steve, I'm asking him to do what's in their own best interest. 
do what they actually believed in. It would be like me. If they started shutting down McDonald's all over the country, I would stand up and say something because it's in my best interest too. And so these guys are being forced, this vaccine's being forced down. Do we have the clip of Aaron Rodgers talking about being a father? I think we had that clip. The next great chapter in my life, I believe, is being a father. And it's something that I care about a lot. And to my knowledge, there has been zero long-term studies around uh, sterility or fertility issues uh, around the vaccines. So that was definitely something that I was worried about. Um, and that went through my mind. Now, obviously, having uh, you know an allergy to an ingredient took me off of being able to, to take the mRNA anyway. But that, even if I didn't have that, that would be something that would give me a little bit of pause because we don't know what the long-term effects of these are. There's still clinical trials going on through 2023. So to just like when people just say, oh, just get the jab, just get the jab. Well, um, first of all, everybody's body is different, number one. And second of all, there's a lot of things we don't know about this. So this is my point, Steve. I think he makes a great argument here. I think this is a legitimate concern. I've been saying this from day one. I don't care that I'm not a doctor. I don't care uh, that I'm fat. I, d I don't care about any of that. Young people, and you can't tell, these NFL players love to throw their penises around in every vagina they can. They love to have kids. They got kids spread out all over the country. This is a real concern and an issue for them. Aaron Rodgers has articulated. Many of them believe that and have the exact same concern. I'm not asking them to stand up for things that aren't pertinent to them. That's the difference. When, when you are an activist and you oh, I'm, I'm standing up for George Floyd. For, you know, miss me with that bull. But well, when you're talking about standing up for your seed and protecting your seed, potentially, because this is a legitimate concern that people have. I've talked to women about it. That's their concern about reproductive health. And it's a legitimate concern for men as well, because we just don't know. Here's a man smart enough, wise enough, willing to say, you know what? My when this football thing's over, I want to be a great father. And I've waited and been patient about, um, it sounds like I'm going to start a family after football's over. Or, you know, I think, didn't he just marry some girl? And they're, they're, I'm sure they're talking about having kids. It's a legitimate, and so I'm asking the players to do what's in their own self-interest. They're young. They're, they're, COVID Jay, isn't a threat Jay, to them. But Jay, yeah. they also grew up in the social media era, and they, and you pointed this out, they are a slave to likes, retweet, and positive attention. I actually think it's interesting that when I tweet today, I kind of like what Rogers is saying, the visceral anger that you get, no, he's not. Uh, and I almost feel like telling some of these people that I've known for years, stop whining. It's unbecoming. But a lot of these players, they want positive affirmation and nothing else. I mean, I, I read somewhere where Cole Beasley, who did not get the vax, he just flat out shut down his Twitter account because he didn't like all the attention or the negative feedback. And so you're right. Do these guys lack some fortitude or another word, guts? Yeah. I don't know what to say. I want to give Rogers credit for making a stand and speaking out and clearing the issue on his end. As for the other 
thousands of players are out there that may agree with them. You're right, Jason. They lack guts. I, I don't know what else to really say about that. No, they like balls. You could say that. Uh, <laughs> listen, I want to. I we got the clip. He he finally talked about like the third rail of all this: uh, diet and exercise. Did, do, do we mm-hmm. have that clip? I think it's number seven. Uh, I, I I would love. He finally talked about the fact that diet and exercise is is something we should be prescribing for people, uh, and it's the it's the it's the most obvious thing in the world. Here's Aaron Rodgers talking about why fat people like me need to look at our diet and exercise. Has any member of the health staff this entire time got up and actually talked about real health? Have they talked about exercise, a healthy diet, like eating real food, drinking water, taking vitamins, vitamin D deficiency and and what that causes in the body? No, there hasn't been any of that. Look, I'm going to critically think about what's best for my own health. I'm not judging anybody else. I'm not saying you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. But I'm making a decision that's based on what's best for me and my own health. And for me, it was a no-brainer. And he's a thousand percent right. And these are the kind of conversations we should be having. And this is why I think what he's doing is so important and so brave and so necessary uh, because no one else on in corporate media, sports media, no one else has the ball. How do you think, and, and you know, we'll know by the time this airs, but how do you think ESPN is going to react here? You think they're going to demonize Aaron Rodgers? Is he going to be public oh. enemy number one on ESPN? As I like to say, is the Pope Catholic? Of course he is. That, that's already <laughs> been the framing of the, uh, of the situation from various members of the media. Going back to what Rodgers said about uh, – exercise and health. There's a guy that I follow on Twitter that's been very much on the other side of the argument is Zuby. Uh, he's a musician from the UK, and he says it all the time. Your number one health care is the work and effort you put into your body, working out, diet, exercise, nutrition. I try to work out as much as possible. It makes me feel good. And again, I am someone that had COVID back in February for about 10 days. And But there's other things you could do. Like, you have to take a lot of water, because that's just good for you in general. Uh, I take ZMA every single night along with vitamin D3. And I feel as though I've done the best that I can do to to, to do my part. But we we live in a culture where there is no self-responsibility. And that message alone is not going to resonate with people who want to be bailed out by someone else. And there is no accountability. And I look, the last I checked, Jay, and I could be wrong. And if I am someone, please correct me. But for people under the age of 45 or anyone in their prime, is this virus still not having an over 99% survival rate? That's the thing that that really... And then the other thing is, let's go all the way back to when all of this started to happen in March of 2020. Because I remember having to report on this as a couple of fight cards got shut down. We were just here to flatten the curve for about two weeks. Then it became, well, we're going to hopefully we'll revisit this in the summer. Maybe you'll have your 4th of July. And and then it became, well, you need the vaccine. Well, you need two shots. Now you need three shots. Now you need four shots. Well, now you need the booster. And and Aaron Rodgers made a good point. So wait, where does this end? Where does this long, slippery slope end? Last point here that I want to make on this, that 
I told you yesterday, Jay, we had a private conversation. We had to discuss a few things around L.A., whether it's in Montebello, East L.A., or even Koreatown, there are various tents being set up with people, and they have signs that say Delta Variant Testing Station. Okay, and I've seen these for about a month now. Jay, you know one thing all these places have in common, these set-up tents? There's nobody there getting tested. That's the funniest thing. There's actually nobody. It's almost like they're giving away, hey, you want your tax audited? It's almost like they're giving away herpes. And I'm, I am not saying that the – and this is where I think Aaron's words will be completely misstrued. He's saying if you have comorbidities, if you have some other issues or if you're of a certain age, get the doggone vaccine. That's for you. But for me, in my situation, I'm not. Doesn't everyone have that basic right? And that's what I find so offensive about a lot of these media members wagging their finger – trying to play so authoritatively with someone else's life. Steve, I want you to sit tight. I, I want to tell our viewers what they need to do. They need to go to youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock, hit that likes button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notifications. We're not done with this conversation, but that's the first thing I need you to do. Then here in Nashville, I need Uncle Jimmy to come into the studio. He's our COVID uh, survivor. While we wait for Uncle Jimmy to get in here, because we're going to let him talk about this stuff going on with Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to tell you about my best friends and good friends at Good Ranchers. Our friends over Good Ranchers can and will deliver the best and better than organic chicken. Their grass-fed and grain-finished beef is better than anything you've tried before. You can have their T-bones, fillets, strips, gourmet burgers, and more, all shipped directly to your home. All of this comes at half the price of their online competitors. You get the steakhouse quality you deserve at a price every family can afford. Don't bring mystery meats shipped from overseas into your home. Get the stuff from right here in America. It's been raised on American farms. Support the freaking sponsors that support me and this show and our point of view. GoodRanchers.com slash fearless. Good Ranchers, don't walk in front of the camera like you've never done TV before. What are you doing? Well, we're not starting from scratch. GoodRanchers.com slash fearless or use the code fearless at checkout. That's $20 off and free express shipping at GoodRanchers.com slash fearless. Know where your meat comes from. Know who you're supporting. When we come back, Uncle Jimmy joins us next. All right, welcome back. Uh, we still got my Asian brother from another uh, mother, the Korean Cosell, out in Los Angeles. But uh, this Aaron Rodgers topic, uh, got to be right up Uncle Jimmy's alley uh, as a COVID survivor. Uh, I'm sure that <laughs> that's just right up my alley, huh? COVID survivor. Uh, wow. Aaron Rodgers. What do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm all excited and a believer in what Aaron Rodgers is doing, but, you know, I haven't dealt with COVID. What Steve Kim said, he dealt with it in February. Of course, you dealt with it this summer. Uh, what's your take on Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I, first of all, I just completely respect how authentic he's being about it. I mean, seriously, I mean, 
it's just good to just have somebody out there talking about what's going on. And I find it amazing that not only what he's going through, but uh, the guy that the show that he was on, uh, the, the, the guy who showed it. Pat was, McAfee. Pat McAfee. Notice he said that, uh, you know, he said that when he went to get his to fill, get his prescriptions filled, he talked about how the pharmacy uh, kind of acted like they didn't want to give him the prescriptions. And, you know, and those were things I told you about. Oh, that you had to go through when... Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I went through that, you know, of, of I, I won't even say the name of the place, but, uh, you know, they didn't want to give me the prescriptions that my doctor prescribed, which is basically the same uh, medicines that uh, Aaron Rodgers is taking, the same medicine that Joe Rogan's taking. You know, you, you, it, it, it's a concerted effort to not give you those items, you know. It, it, it's just con- a concerted effort. Mm-hmm. And so the pressure and the shaming is even that you're going to get a prescription field. The, the pharmacy is like looking at you like, oh, you crazy. Uh, well, oh, 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 definitely. You, uh, what is this for? <laughs> I mean, she really did that. And, and then, oh, he's one of those. <laughs> you know, and, and to where we literally had one to, of those people that wants to live. <laughs> he's one of those, you know, uh, and we literally had to change and go to another pharmacy and we got 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 the medicine just like that that that's an interest what did anything in particular that Aaron Rodgers say stick out to you my body my choice now that's something that we need to be out there marching in the streets talking about now that's a true statement it's my body my choice I can control what goes in my body not what comes out but what goes in my body. I think that was, you know, you, th- that's for real. Are you saying it's not his body? Are you saying he doesn't have a choice? Steve, and, and well, let me s- s- stick here with you. Do you expect any NFL players to come out and support Aaron Rodgers? Man, I hope, I hope they do. I, I, I really, and like you said, I hadn't thought about this, but well, first of all, I think we need to let, let's be honest here, man. Aaron Rodgers is just the first one that we done found out that lied. We, we lied to find out there's a whole bunch of people that's done lied, done falsified some vaccine documents. He's just the first one we done found out. And just like you said, man, I, I you know what, man, I, I doubt very seriously if Tom Brady. Tom Brady ain't going for no shit like this, man. You ain't putting this in Tom Brady's body. First of all, Gazelle ain't going to let him put it in his body. Tom, Tom, no, it will mess up. It will mess up our future. <laughs> no, we must protect our loins, Tom. You know what, Steve? I think Jimmy just made a good point that I hadn't thought of in terms of why players may not come out and support Tom Brady. Let's say you're a vaccinated player with a questionable vaccine, perhaps you've fibbed or been dishonest, you don't want the scrutiny that will come along if you do step out there and defend Aaron Rodgers. The media is instantly gonna say, oh, I bet you he lied about his vaccination status as well, or the media is just gonna give that player extra scrutiny in in all regards if they come out and support Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, that's a slippery slope, but I'll, I'll go back to what I've said. Um, 
when the players were walking out in mass, it was all about more than an athlete, and these guys have human rights, and they have a right to stand up for certain issues. Uh, this one, probably not. We have to be honest about it. I was kind of perusing the Twitter timeline, and all the football reporters are in lockstep with one another, castigating Aaron Rodgers. Question I have for you, Jason. Do you think there's any NFL reporters out there that have the guts to say, you know what? Aaron kind of makes a good point. Or would they be even allowed to put that in print under their byline? That's the question that I have. No, they won't be allowed to put it in print. Uh, it seems like in the corporate media space, Jay Williams has been the guy designated to argue the other side of this as it relates to Kyrie Irving. And they're going to have, I wonder right now at ESPN and Fox Sports, when they're having conversations about, hey, who's going to defend Aaron Rodgers or take the other side of this issue? Or will it just be a universal, uh, everybody take a dump on Aaron Rodgers? But it seems like since they've allowed Jay Williams at ESPN to defend Kyrie, they're going to have to find a football person willing to defend mm. uh, Aaron Rodgers. And do, do you have any, is Dan Orlovsky? I mean, who, who's going to I don't be? know. Uh, uh, Steve, where can we find some football representative person <laughs> that might want to represent Aaron Rodgers? It won't, well, not at ESPN. I don't work at ESPN. <laughs> I mean, th that's the whole thing. I mean, you know, uh, hmm. The interesting thing about this situation is that I guarantee you that if you wanted to be fair, if I was on the Green Bay Packers beat, why don't they ask the other players, the teammates, did you have a problem with Aaron Rodgers doing this? Did you find it to be selfish or did you find it to be like, hey, this guy, we need him. We need to play. It's, it's, it's like that situation with all these players of, in baseball, I sit all the time, that even the teammates of guys that got caught with steroids – or always say, he cheated the game. I can't believe he did this and I'm insulted. Really? Even when he's hitting 55 home runs, leading you to the playoffs, putting more money in your pocket, making you a more successful team? I think there's a real dishonesty about this. I would bet dollars to donuts that a lot of the many, I'd say many of the players probably agree and have no issues with Aaron Rodgers, but they may not say it. Or if they did say it, I think their message would be suppressed. Mm. He admitted that the players knew his no. status. He yes. Ad he, he, he admitted. He, he said that he knew two months ago this was coming. So every this is, this is no secret to anybody. The, everybody in that locker room knew exactly what was going on with Aaron, and they had no problem with it. And that's because I think all of them disagree with the way the NFL has handled this. I think all of them think the protocols are BS. I, I'm literally getting a text in real time from one of my best NFL sources. Jeff George? <laughs> no, <laughs> currently involved in the NFL. And they're celebrating uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and, and just this, this, look, if Aaron Rodgers had come out at the beginning of this. This whole thing may have been different, but I, 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 I go back to, I just, I want these players, man, rally around Aaron Rodgers, please, 
please, I, I, yeah, I want to make this direct appeal, and we're going to end talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to let you go, Steve. Thank you so much. Uncle Jimmy, great job. Uh, I just want to make this direct appeal to NFL players. You, you have a chance to make a difference and actually do something that you truly believe in. It won't be phony. It won't be because Twitter told you to do so. It's because you know that the way the NFL, the NBA, and these professional sports leagues have jammed this jab down your throat, separated your teammates, divided you guys among vaccinated and unvaccinated, None of it makes any sense, and you know Aaron Rodgers is right. Stand up, stand beside this man. Don't leave him out there on an island all by himself. I know he's not perfect. I know that, you know, who cares if he's narcissistic or, you know, some of his former teammates didn't like him. In this instance, he's taking a bullet and, and speaking out for not just himself but for others and you need to stand with him. Break the chains of this social media thing driving all of your thoughts. Don't be a coward. Be a man. Do something you actually believe in. I know Twitter has made you believe that George Floyd was your best friend and he was the perfect guy to babysit your kids and oh my God, if Derek Chauvin hadn't kneeled on him. You and George Floyd would be drinking Hennessy and smoking a blunt right now. But move into reality. Aaron Rodgers, that's your peer, that's your colleague. That's someone you can relate to. Were you out passing counterfeit bills? Are you hyped up on fentanyl constantly? Anyway, support your brother in football, the guy you can actually relate to. All right, I'm done. I think uh, we're going to have T.J. Hushmanzada. We'll talk some Odell Beckham Jr. We want I just want, I want to be, I just want, I want to be, I just want, I want to be, I just all right, welcome back to the show. Let's uh, roll out to Los Angeles and bring in T.J. Hushmanzada. Talk a little Odell Beckham Jr. T.J., welcome. Is it fair to blame Baker Mayfield for Odell Beckham Jr. flaming out in Cleveland? First of all, I'm just glad I can be dressed in a professional manner when I'm seeing you this time, Jason. <laughs> so that's first of all. We've reversed you know, roles. Yeah, yeah, we did. When I saw it, I said, oh, I could have been dressed how I was last week. But, yeah. I, you know, I have the suits. I might as well use them. You know what, Jason? I, I just listened to what you just said. And it, it's it's kind of ironic, man, that now you you make valid points. And, and I, I agree with some of the points you made. His father, don't don't get involved. Don't release the video because all that's that's just going to cause tension. It's going to separate the team. And you don't want to do that. But Odell has not been a problem. You watch that Minnesota game. He's open on the go route. He underthrows him. He's open on another double move. 
he hits the DB in the back of the head as a receiver. That is so frustrating because we we don't get the ball much. When you get an opportunity, you're not going to hit all of them. You just want to hit some of them. They weren't hitting any of them. And, and the biggest problem I have is in the media, all these quarterbacks, they get coddled. The Kansas City Chiefs are losing. It's what's wrong with the defense? What's wrong with the Chiefs? It's never what's wrong with Mahomes. But when they're winning, oh, Mahomes is the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. The Cleveland Browns have a great year last year. Baker's turning the corner. This team is perfect. They're going to be good for a long time. This year, oh, Baker's hurt. How about Baker's just not playing as well as he did last year? How about that? And then, oh, he plays better when Odell isn't there. Well, if you would hit Odell when he's open, you would play better when he's there. And, and Odell's not at, he's not absolved from any of blame to this, if you ask me. That video, you can't do it. But I think he wanted out, and we know he wanted out. So him and this pops, can I release a video? Yeah, go ahead and release it, Dad. Because he knew if I get this video released, I probably get my way out of here. And when you do that, Jason, wherever he lands, he better land and be ready to play football at a high level. Because we won't be seeing Odell Beckham in the NFL any longer. TJ, do you think the Browns could release a video and particularly when you, because that was multiple games of video they put out. Could they not put out a video of Odell not being where he's supposed to be at certain points during the game? Oh, here's Baker looking for Odell, but Odell has run the wrong route or he didn't get into his cut soon enough. You can, if you're going to put a collection of bloopers together of any NFL player, you could take one of the greatest, Anthony Munoz or whatever, and you got the whole season or eight games to work with, oh, here's Anthony Munoz missing this block or stepping with the wrong foot here. They could do the exact same thing to Odell that Odell and his dad did to Baker Mayfield, no? Absolutely they can. Now, I will say this, and this is going for experience for myself. When I played... Jason, to be honest with you, man, I probably ran the wrong route once or twice in my entire career. And that was just a brain fart. You're running a route, you're like, oh my God, what am I thinking? And so I'll go out on a limb and say, running the wrong route, that doesn't happen often. Where they can get them is drop balls, not getting open when he is looking in your direction. Uh, not getting that crucial block in the run game. They can do that. And we, we, all, we all have had bad games, and we're going to continue to have bad games. We all drop balls. We're going to continue to drop balls. But the, the mental mistakes, those don't happen often. But can the Browns release the tape and video of him doing it? <laughs> Absolutely. No question. Very easy. All right. Help me understand, TJ, and again, because you are the expert. And, and I believe that about you as like, man, I only ran the wrong route once or twice again. But because when you start thinking about your journey into and through the NFL, you had to be in the right place at the right time based on how you entered the NFL. But but more important, I'm just trying to wonder about, I thought that like based on coverage, 
there are adjustments that receivers have to make based on did the cornerback try to turn me inside or outside, there are adjustments receiver. And so can't you, if a quarterback can read the defense wrong, can a, can a wide receiver as well? Yes. And, and, I, and I'll give you an example, Jason. Like, for instance, we would have a comeback route. Comeback, comeback route for anybody that doesn't really understand football. The receiver runs 15 to 18 yards and you turn outside. If they play a too high shell, cover two. So they can play too high and it'd be cover four. You still run your comeback. But if it's cover two, that turns into a corner. We call that a take two corner. So you stem release inside, get vertical about 14 and you go to the corner. You can be confused with that. But if you're if you really understand defense and what a team does game planning, you're going to see it right away. The corner will give it away. The safety will give it away. Those do happen, or you might have a mandatory outside release because the guy inside of you is running an out route. It's covered two. You want to widen that hole, so you got to get outside. If you come inside, that guy can get blown up, or it can be an interception. So, so those type of things do happen. But I'll be honest, like if <laughs> it'd be hard pressed to find guys that make mistakes doing that. It, it, it's hard, and, and the way football is now, Jason, from when I played is. I don't know if teams are doing those routes anymore to where the receiver really has to read coverage and think, and oh, if they play this, I run that type of thing. I don't know if they're doing that any longer. There's all this speculation. Oh, should Odell go to the Patriots? Oh, uh, I saw Chris Collinsworth said that Odell and Aaron Rodgers, match made in heaven. They should, you know, go all in in Green Bay. And, and for me, I'm just sitting there like, man, Odell's had problems everywhere he goes. And it's like, oh, I can't, I can't wait to marry him off to the Patriots or to Aaron Rodgers or to a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. And I'm like, hey, man, uh, excuse my language here, but I mean, you got to let a hoe be a hoe. I mean, <laughs> y'all trying to turn Odell into a, like, he's this model ah. housewife <laughs> that, that everybody can't, can't wait to marry. I just oh. don't see it like, I, if I'm the Patriots, I don't know if I put Odell with Mac Jones. Uh, that seems kind of high risk. I wouldn't do that, Jason. And I'll give you what I believe are the best landing spots for OBJ. The first one for me would be the Raiders. You go to the Las Vegas Raiders, talent-wise, you're the best receiver on that team. You're the best receiver on that team. You're the best route runner. You're the best deep threat. You are the best receiver in that team, complete receiver on that team. And so, to me, that that's where you should look to go. And Derek Carr is balling. And they're having a good year. They, they've had some tragedy recently, and, and they had the mess with, with Gruden earlier in the year. And, and so, that would be my first team. My, my, my second team would, would be the Packers. But the problem is, you got to understand, Devontae Adams is the lead dog. And after that, you got a great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. He's going to get you the ball. But do you want to go be behind Devontae? And, and then my third one would be the Kansas City Chiefs. And that would be a distant third because it's going to be Kelsey and Tyreek Hill before you at all times. You saw what happened when Le'Veon Bell went there. 
he probably thought he was going to be more part of the offense than he was. And so for me, I'm not thinking about going in New England. Um, they don't really feature a guy. It's a collection of guys. You go there and, and it doesn't work and, and you start to cause a problem. Your career can be over and be over fast. And so for for me, if I'm Odell Beckham, I'm, I'm trying to get to the Raiders. And, and maybe you, you see what the Rams are doing. The Rams, they're go, they going all in. If I can get to the to the Los Angeles Rams, um, I see if I can do that as well. I love your Raiders suggestion. And, and I'm going to tell you why. I, I just think Derek Carr is so centered and so grounded and playing at such a high level that he might be, other than Tom Brady, the one guy that could really handle Odell Beckham Jr. and be a force to perhaps get Odell focused for a short period of time. Carr doesn't I, have an I, ego. I kind of like that. He, he doesn't have an ego, and Carr can play. Carr, like, Carr's a really good quarterback, and the Raiders are having a good season. And so he would be their best receiver. And it's what you – just watching Carr do his interviews, man, he just seems like a genuine nice guy that just so happened can really spin the hell out of the football. TJ, thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, great job. I needed someone to come in and uh, tell me about Odell Beckham Jr. And we got the smartest wide receiver. Never, only one or two blown routes in his entire career. Guy coaches up a lot of these young receivers. Uh, thank you, TJ. Let's keep the sports conversation rolling. Uh, let's go out to uh, Las Vegas and uh, bring in our newest soldier, uh, Rashad McCants, former North Carolina Tar Heel, former Minnesota Timberwolf, uh, the 14th pick in the draft overall in the NBA. Uh, Rashad, uh, welcome back. You did an amazing job uh, yesterday with the uh, Phoenix Suns conversation, Robert Sarver. That, that thing is is still playing out. I just want to, you had an interesting theory about what might really be going on, but I, I just, I just want to see having another 24 hours to think about it or maybe having talked to some other players around the NBA or whatever. You have any new thoughts about Robert Sarver and uh, Earl Watson and the Phoenix Suns and, you know, whether the ownership is racist, even though, the guy's got a black general manager and a black head coach. Uh, you have any additional thoughts on that situation? The temperature check around there is a little uncomfortable right now. I think that <laughs> <laughs> I think that with you know guys like Chris Paul and Devin Booker trying to do their job as efficiently as possible, getting them back. DeAndre Ayton being pulled into the scenario. And all these guys didn't want none of that. So it's uncomfortable, not only there, but with the owner. You know, the owner now is Target. He's highlighted. Now, he can't walk around without everybody looking at him sideways. So I think it's very uncomfortable. The next 10 games for the Phoenix Suns is going to be instrumental for Monty Williams to see how he can keep his players focused with this type of distraction. 
All right, uh, I brought you back today because we, yesterday we were supposed to talk about Scottie Pippen's new book that I think comes out next week. Uh, he's on a little promotional tour. He did an interview with the New York Times. He did, I think, there's an excerpt of the book in GQ magazine. Uh, Pip goes after Michael Jordan in this book. I want to read a couple of excerpts uh, from, or a couple of comments uh, the, or excerpts from the book that the New York Times published. How dare Michael treat us that way after everything we did for him and his precious brand. To make things work worse, Michael received $10 million for his role in the Last Dance documentary while my teammates and I didn't earn a dime. Mm. Is this a legitimate complaint? Oh, man, I think so, man. I think everybody's going to be torn between, you know, trying to figure out if Scottie Pippen is really disgruntled or not or uh, bitter or if there's some truth underneath the covers here. And I think that there is some truth. There's always truth when you talk about Michael Jordan, because the man is the biggest fraud in the history of sports. We're going to have to unpack this. This is the fire I'm going to start today because it's like Michael Jordan for years couldn't do no wrong. And then all of a sudden we see the last dance and all the people who up until that point, like myself, was just champion Michael Jordan as being the guy that's just squeaky clean, couldn't do anything crazy. And now we found out that he was the one behind Isaiah Thomas not being a part of the dream team. Him being the guy that created a, a, a disappointing legacy for the ending of, his, of Isaiah's career just because he didn't like him. And that alone showed that Michael Jordan on The Last Dance told the world that he had nothing to do with that. But there's audio clips of Michael Jordan saying he's not playing on that team if Isaiah's on their team. So everything that Scotty's showing the world right now is showing from that Last Dance film to all of the absurdities of him saying that I seen them guys in there smoking coke and doing lines and smoking weed. I said, I'm out of there. Really, Michael Jordan? Really, Michael Jordan? You didn't? So you, you threw your teammates under the bus and, and saved yourself. That was the first red flag. So then, as everything else unfolds, Scottie Pippen sitting there like, Wow. Really, this is all about you, the six championships? You did it, and we helped you? We didn't do it as a team? So right now, it looks bad on Mike because your lies are out. And if you could lie about Isaiah Thomas, that means you could have lied about the gambling thing and how you had to you had to leave the, the Bulls because you got caught gambling and you and David Stern had to make some type of Rashad, you played at North Carolina. I'm sure part of the reason you went to North Carolina, a tight one, two percent of it had to be Michael Jordan's legacy. And could you be the next Michael Jordan? You're a two guard, just like Michael Jordan. You just called him one of the biggest frauds in sports. And, 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 I, and your, your evidence is, the way he took a dump on Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah is one of my best friends. Love Isaiah Thomas. Uh, I don't like what Michael did to him on the Dream Team. Uh, 
you just pointed, he did during the last dance documentary, throw out allegations that when he joined the Bulls, the, the guys were, you know, more interested in drugs and partying and strip clubs and all that than, than winning. And, and that was a effed up deal. And now you have Scottie Pippen calling him out, but is there more? Walk me through how a former North Carolina Tar Heel who won a national champion just like Michael Jordan, give me a bit more context on why you think he's a fraud. Have you always thought this way? Have you had interaction with Michael Jordan that didn't go well? I mean, again, I, I'm not a Michael Jordan homer. I think he did Kwame Brown dirty uh, yes. in, in Washington. Uh, and so there have been a lot of unflattering things come out about Mike uh, here recently in the past year or two. But I'm just, you're a former Tar Heel. You surely spent some time wanting to be the next Michael Jordan. And for you to call him a fraud, that, that carries some weight. Could you just elaborate a bit more? Well, yeah, man, I never um, championed Michael Jordan beyond Kobe Bryant, and that's on record. So when I went to University of North Carolina, I had to wear 32 because I couldn't wear 23. And I went to the University of North Carolina because he went there. And not because I was a fan of his, because he had a legacy that I wanted to outrun. And if he would have went to Michigan State, I'd have went to Michigan State. It didn't matter. It was about who was champion the best at the time. Mike was the best. When I got to North Carolina, I became, he was the Jesus and I became the Antichrist. So immediately there was him and me. So I started to see the dynamic of who he was, you know, as far as the how the people loved him was so dynamic. But it was certain things about him that was being said that made sense when it came to how he treated Kwame. And if we all watch that, that is unbelievable how you would do someone that you brought out of high school and ridicule him to that point where 20 years down the line, he got to really kind of pull out his black book and start assassinating guys because it started with Michael Jordan. And no one's putting the blame on Mike for that. Like that was that was a really bad situation for Kwame. But also when you show Mike being an owner and how he really handled that situation with the with the Wizards, it's difficult. You know, and I'm looking at the situation with Scotty now, and I'm like, wow, if Scotty Pippen can feel this way, we never had a relationship. It ain't never been cool with me and Mike. Like, dang, we, Scotty Pippen? And Michael Jordan never was friends, Batman and Robin? So there's got to be some type of fraudulent, like, claim here because Kobe Bryant is the greatest is the greatest. He ain't no fraud. He did it the right way. We're about to have our first serious disagreement, Rashad. You got to cut it out. Michael Jordan never played with Shaquille O'Neal. If Mike had played with Shaquille O'Neal, Mike would probably have 12 banners. He never played without Scottie Pippen, man, and won. We had this discussion Got already. Got look, look, man. Co- I'm not trying to knock Kobe, but y'all need to cut it out and try to act like Kobe is in any way better than Michael Jordan. That that's better. just how. 
Better. That's better. like saying Burger King is better than McDonald's. Burger King is a nice little fast food joint, but it ain't McDonald's. It depends on what sandwich you get. We can we compare apples to oranges. I'm telling you right now, when we talk about this, Kobe Bryant doesn't have the fraudulent character that Michael. That's what stop it. Me. It's the it's the stop fraudulent. It. I'm telling you, man. Stop. If you say no to Michael Jordan, you're going to be outcast. Kobe Bryant and showed that he was a great teammate, and that Paul Gasol would never, would never. Say anything bad about Kobe Bryant. Paul Gasol is Scottie Pippen. Lamar Odom is Scottie Pippen. They would never say anything bad about Kobe. Kobe would never do anything bad to them. Rashad, I just want to walk you through a bit of history here. Just a tiny bit. Kobe Bryant sat in a police interrogation room and threw Shaquille O'Neal under the bus. Yes, he did. So just cut it out. Cut, cut yes, it out. You know why he did that? You know why he did that? Because he's weak. <laughs> because he's weak. Because those two had gripes up until the point where he had to come out and say, man, Shaq's out of shape. Shaq's this, Shaq's that. But he heard murmuring of Shaq saying something about him. And he brought it to light. See, people don't know the underlying context of why certain people say things, throw you under the bus. It's just not a, I'm this kind of guy, I'll throw you under the bus. It's like, oh, you're going to do that to me? All right, here go mine. Here go my shot. Rashad, when you get accused of rape and the police come and investigate you, nobody else's name should come out of your mouth. Absolutely That's not. That's on you. Absolutely. And so again, so uh, let's let's not let's not. Kobe's great basketball player. I get it. Uh, Kobe, the way Kobe died tragically, I get it. But it, it, it's almost like he's Kobe's like an artist whose art sold and was great. But then when he died, his art gets elevated to a level that like, well, hold on. When he was actually here painting, we never thought this, but now that he's dead, now we've put him on a pedestal and we, we gotta stop it. Kobe wasn't Mike. Kobe's one of the top 10 players in NBA history, but Kobe got his character issues, just like including the the rape allegations and, and just the way he handled that situation, the way he handled Shaq, in my view. I was always a Shaq guy, still am a Shaq guy. I didn't like the way Kobe handled Shaq in that situation. You got to baby that big man, because that big man created championships wherever <laughs> wherever he was. He, he just took up so much space and created so much space. But, but I want to get us on more, and again, I don't mind disagreeing at all. I, 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 I actually love the disagreeing because I don't, but there does seem to be a growing sentiment among former NBA players of, dis, of being more comfortable expressing disdain for Michael Jordan. And, and part of that seems to me, when I read Scottie Pippen's complaints about Jordan, part of that to me seems to be, yeah, I made $100 million, but I'm, I'm halfway broke now. I'm not what Mike is because of Mike and Air Jordan, 
part of it just sounds like jealousy. And it's like Mike's been on top for so long. And then he reasserted himself on top with the last dance documentary and made everybody a whole new generation bow down to him. Some of this sounds like hatery. Mm hmm. And, and it could because you could take that. Everybody can take the hatery and quench their thirst. But and yet you still have to understand that there's the other side of the coin. Everybody takes the surface information and runs with it. Scottie Pippen was there. Steve Kerr was there. Horace Grant was there. Everybody else is on that. Even like you look at Charles Barkley and all these guys that will corroborate Michael Jordan being a great guy. He's this and that. They didn't play with Mike. They didn't have to be around that dude all the time for six years. And so Scotty got stories. Scotty's got a lot of things that's like, man, that's a that's unacceptable way you're talking to these guys. We need to bring our guys up. You tearing them down. So when Scotty said when Mike was gone, man, we could have won the chip. We could have did it because Scotty Pippen was the first Kawhi Leonard. People don't understand Kawhi Leonard went to Toronto to win without the Spurs. And so when he did that, that was what Scotty would have done if he'd had another year without Mike. I, listen, I, I don't think anybody has ever argued Michael Jordan. Oh, man, he's a great guy. I don't think that's ever been the argument for Mike. Like, oh, man, it's fun to play with Mike. What the argument has been is like, man, Mike's the best. Mm -hmm. Mike is the best player. He's a cold assassin. He's, he's going to do whatever it takes to win on the court. He's going to win by any means necessary. That was always. And Kobe, again, the guy that everybody loves, that's his reputation. I'm going to be a jerk to Shaq. I'm going to be a jerk to whoever, uh, Phil Jackson, I, whatever. I just, I just want to win. I just want to win. I just want to win. Yep. Why are we now holding Mike to a standard of, oh, and he needed to be a nice guy the whole way, uh, the whole way through when we knew he was not a nice guy. He was punching teammates, harassing teammates. I, I don't like what he did to Kwame Brown. I think he should have been held accountable. I, I, I got to say, I never put Mike on a pedestal until he retired. I'm a lifelong Pacer fan. You know, I, I couldn't let it go. And Magic Johnson's my favorite NBA player of all time. And so when Mike started ascending past Magic Johnson, it bothered me. I never mm -hmm. gave Mike his full flowers and credit until he retired. When he retired, I said, you know what? I got to let it go. It's over now. The guy's the best. I, it, it seems like we're recreating or holding Mike to a different standard now, 20 years after his career ended, and now he needs to be a nice guy. And, and oh, look, Scottie Pippen, he didn't like the way he's treated in the last dance, Doc. I mean, why not just let it go? I mean, because Scottie took shots at Isaiah called him a dirty player. He okay. took shot at Charles Barkley. It, to me, this sounds like a lot of big game hunting to sell a book. 
It does, but there's always truth in game hunting. And that's why the whole point of hunting for the truth is going through the book, finding out what made sense and what don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's the biggest dynamic is Mike jo- Michael Jordan came into the era of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson in the ultimate team ball. Think about the era back then. It was team ball. Magic Johnson getting triple doubles. He didn't need isolation plays. There wasn't any. Larry Bird doing triple doubles and winning championships. It was all team. Michael Jordan came in for the first seven years and it was selfish isolation ball. They never seen it before. So now once Phil came in, once Scotty added it to the mix, he started winning. Kobe Bryant once said that his first 10 years in the league was to show and prove that he could be a dominant player. The second 10 years was to show and prove that I don't have to show and prove. Michael Jordan is the same thing. He was the architect for that. He started it, but he changed the game with selfish play. Kobe Bryant followed it. It made it a better, more efficient way of playing. Now, you go back to the way the game was played and where it is now, it's attributed to Michael Jordan's influence. So Scottie Pippen's going back to the old way of days of playing, saying Mike didn't include the team. Even then, so when you look at the last dance, he's mad. Like, man, you even showing the world you didn't show the, you didn't you wasn't showing the team love. It was all about you. That's true. Look, look, Michael Jordan is a jerk, but he showed that his at his Hall of Fame speech. He's a jerk, and that's what made him great. Being a jerk in his mind, but, but well. You know what? Yeah. Now that I think about it, now that I think about it, it's like, and you know what? Scottie Pippen is confirming he's a jerk. He's just, <laughs> Scottie Pippen ain't really telling no lies. He's just saying, <laughs> you know what? He's a jerk. I'm, I'm going to admit that. Uh, you know, I'm going to join the chorus of people that are exposing Michael Jordan as a jerk. And maybe people like myself need to sit back and reassess, what does that say about Mike? And, and, and does it diminish Mike now that we have to fully, fully accept, man, this dude was a jerk. Mm. People didn't like playing for him, mm. uh, playing for him and with him. What does that say about him? Think about Bill Russell, bro. Think about all the people we put him in front of that were champion teammates champion teammates they were the best and we put mike above all these people who care more about the team than their own self they sacrificed that that's what i grew up on the game about it was a sacrifice of self to show that the team is more important and it took me a while to buy into that when i was at carolina because i wanted to show i was dominant i took the kobe mike approach but later on which i give roy williams credit he helped me understand how to buy into the team. And in my last year, I sacrificed being the star to be a team champion. And that's what it's about. That's what basketball and sports is about. We are watching sports today under the influence of Michael Jordan and the predecessor, Kobe Bryant, of all isolation ball, me, 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 no team. And then we go into the Celtics situation, which is a great segue of looking at it like, man, you guys need to pass the damn ball. This is a team. Shot, I got to let you go. This was good, though. I like that we disagreed. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. 
Yes, sir. Enjoy your weekend. My man. YouTube.com slash Jason Whitlock. Hit that subscribe, hit that notification. Get those likes up. Join the fearless army. My sister, no relation, we all just wanna have freedom Sitting on a corner, never been alone I'm breaking my back for freedom Bless, we are living, get back We are receiving all the seed when we all wanna be free We want freedom